0: For joining us as we hear an anointed word from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Right, we're going to start at verse 9, but that's not it. Colossians 1. You're welcome. Verse 9, for this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Now, this is a verse he gave me strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father. God said I want you to read that, and read that, and meditate med- meditate that, meditate that, and I, you know, I don't really like that scripture very well, to be honest with you, because it deals with something called patience. Say patience. How many of you know when you go on a cruise with a bunch of people, you better learn patience? I didn't want to go in and out of the anointing, I didn't want to go in and out of God, but I'll tell you, there are plenty of opportunities to lose your patience i'm telling you so every time we get to a thing one time we were there and they got these stupid coke machines now you know you've seen them in wendy's and that stuff where you you get your coke out of there well that's where we get our ice to us who aren't on the coke package basically so me and becky we went to get ice and there was one lady there and she just got up there and just like day five this isn't like the first day she pushing buttons. She don't know what she doing. Pushing buttons and stood there. I don't know if she thought it was going to give her money. She was in a slot machine or what. Push some more and then cancel it out. And remember that? Push some more. And I'm, Becky looking at me and I'm, I'm saying, I'm the most patient person in the world. <laughs> I've just become the most patient person in the world. And she kept going and kept going. And I said, I'm also the most long-suffering person in the world. <laughs> I am patient and I am long-suffering. That's what I am. I'm patient and I'm long-suffering. And then you take the next one and it says, with joyfulness. So I said, bless God, not only am I patient, not only, I don't wanna kill this woman anymore, I'm happy about the whole situation, praise God. I'm being joyful. And then the key was the next one that says Thanksgiving. So I just kept saying, thank God I am the most patient man in the entire world. I am so long-suffering. It's just longer than long even at this point, praise God. I can just do everything, praise God. I'm doing so wonderful, and I'm joyful. No matter what's going on, I'm joyful. So every situation I got in, every situation that came, how many know even for a man and a wife to go on a cruise, they don't always agree? And I mean, there's sometimes, and there's nothing wrong with this. Sometimes she wants to do something that I might not want to do. And the old way was, well, I want to do this. Well, I'd rather do this. Well, then I'm going to do it, but I'm not going to do it the way you want me to do it just to show you that you should have did something else because we're not going to have any fun while you do it anyway. And when you get back, you're going to find out, bless God, you should have did what I did because it wasn't no fun anyway. (laughs) Anybody equate with that? (laughs) So I just said, that's it. So whatever she wanted to do. We did it, praise God. That sounds great, honey. That sounds great. If you didn't like it, you know what? I'm the most patient man in the world. It didn't really make any difference. I am full of long-suffering, and I am joyful. I want you to know that. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise God. So if we sat down to eat, and it took them two hours to bring us, every time I started to get that feeling, say that feeling. Ever felt that feeling? Starts about right here, and starts coming up. You can feel it Immediately. I'm the most, thank God, I'm the most patient person in the world. I am so darn long suffering, it's scary. And I'm the most joyful person in the whole entire world. So I just did that the whole time. And I mean, it made the trip a lot better and getting upset every five minutes about this or that or that or this or I don't agree with this and they didn't do this right and and all that stuff and it just made it good and actually I could feel the presence of God the whole trip rather than going way out and back in you know like you do sometimes so basically there was one night we were there and we were waiting to go to supper or something there was a couple sitting there and there was hardly any seats and we asked if we could sit with them because it was a table of four and they sat and we sat down with them and we started talking to them here they were both truck drivers husband and wife truck driver team I thought, man, that guy, he better take my scripture. <laughs> write that thing on his visor or whatever he needs to do. Come on now. Dear Lord, so they, he drove because I guess you can only drive so many hours and then you have to rest. So when he was done, of course, she took over and drove and then it just went back and forth because we were making a bunch of money to get a truck and they said they bought a truck, they almost got the truck paid off, we're so excited about our truck, we're doing this, we're doing that. And finally they got around to saying, and what do you do? You know, I'm a travel agent, da-da-da-da-da, I've been here, been there, dee-dee-dee. Then he looked at me and said, what are you doing? And I said, I'm a pastor. And it's immediately like somebody took a fist and punched him right in the face not that he was angry that i was a pastor but he just started saying you know my brothers they all go to church and i've got an uncle you know who's who's a pastor and you know i've really backslid and i really haven't did anything and i really haven't done what i I didn't say a word i didn't get a chance to preach this guy he's just going on and on repenting before me telling me everything he does wrong and he says what do you think about all this i said i just think god loves you and wants to bless your socks off no matter what you're doing And he got so excited about the whole thing, and that's about all I said, because he just wouldn't shut up after that. He was going on and on, how he's going to start going to church now, and he's going to plug back in, because he knows it's been God that's been blessing, and this and that, and this and that. And we walked out, and I probably didn't say four words to him the whole time, praise God. Now, if I walked in there irritated, sitting there like this, what are you, pastor? Treasure Coast Victory Center. How many of you know it might have not affected him very well? Okay. Come on, are you following me? Yes. So I would ask you if you'd like to, you can. I'm going to share that scripture. It was just for me, but if you want to do it, I'm going to go ahead and lend it to you. Just start doing that, and any time something comes up, you just say, "I am the most patient person in the entire world. I am so long suffering. Praise God, and I do it with joyfulness. And I just want to thank God to them there. Hallelujah. All right, you bring a Bible this morning. All yes. right, take your Bible. Go to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew 28, we've been talking about the authority, basically, that we have been given. It was given to Adam and Eve way, way, way back. Basically, our purpose for being here is to have authority here on the earth. I'd like to talk a little bit about one of the main purposes for your authority. We think of it as casting out devils, doing this, doing that, but there's a more intimate way to use your authority that will help most Christians who aren't being helped right now. The Bible says basically in Romans that we are more than conquerors, how many know that verse? Yes, yes. The Bible says that we have power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. How many know that that's true? Well, I'll tell you what, even when you read these scriptures and they tell you that and you believe that they're true, if you're not living it, after a while it just becomes a book to you. In other words, if you live under and you're never more than a conqueror anyway, you could care less what that scriptures in Romans 8.37 or Joshua 4, two doesn't make any difference. The thing is, if you're not living what the Bible says you can live, then you have to make the adjustment in order to live in that place. God doesn't have much to do with it. It's our way of thinking, basically, that changes those things. So as I get around and as I see other people, there's so many Christians living beneath their privileges and what Jesus actually paid for them, and we don't want to do that. We want to find out what he paid for, and we want to live and take care of every privilege that he provided for us on the cross. Praise God. All right, Matthew 28. Look at verse 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. If you look that up, basically it is all exousia, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Now this tells me one thing, that Jesus at one time didn't have all authority, or else there's no reason for him to say, Now I have all authority. Do you agree with that? And why did he do that? Basically, because at one time, Adam and Eve gave man's authority to Satan, and Satan was ruling on the earth at that time because of what Adam did. How I many you know he's still ruling on the earth over people who are not born again? If people have not received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, they are basically under the kingdom of darkness, and Satan is the ruler of the kingdom of darkness. But thank God for us who are born again, we know that Jesus came, he defeated the devil, he spoiled the devil, he brought the devil to naught, he stripped him of his authority, and restored that dominion and authority back to me. Say, I have, I have. authority. Look at verse 19. Go, therefore, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you, even to the end of the world. And he said, amen. Basically, he said, I got the authority back, so you go, teach all nations, and make disciples. Say, make disciples. disciples. Say it again, Make make disciples. Notice, not only get people saved but to make disciples of those people that you get saved. In other words, he wanted them to grow into a place where they're walking in everything that Jesus provided for them. Now, notice, this is the last instructions he gave before he left. you know that? So it's probably pretty important instructions if he waited to the very end and got them in right before he died. So basically, teach them. Teach them to what? To be disciples. Say disciples. Now, we're here at Treasure Coast Victory Center, and I've been here almost 20 years now, and I'll tell you what. We're not here to entertain you. We're not here to perform for you. We are here for one reason, one reason only, to make you a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, not of me, not of my wife, but of Jesus himself, basically, so that you can make disciples for other people. Praise God. Good. Go to Acts chapter 26. Acts 26. I don't have to be in a hurry this morning because we have just the hungry people here this morning, the other ones are not here, so I can take my time and feed you the way I'm supposed to and this will be good, praise God, hallelujah, glory to God. All right, Acts chapter 26, look at verse, oh, let's start in verse 15. And Paul said, who are you, Lord? And Jesus answered, I am Jesus whom you persecute. Verse 16, "...but arise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness both of these things which thou hast seen, and of those things in which I will appear unto thee, delivering thee, f- delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom I now send you, to open their eyes, to turn them from darkness to light, and from the power of Satan unto the power of God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins, and receive an inheritance among them, which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Notice, here it's talking about the Apostle Paul. Notice he had a purpose. He had a call to be a minister, to be a witness, to be a teacher. What was he supposed to do? Open their eyes. Say, open their eyes. Okay. Now, how many know he's not talking about he had, a, he had a ministry to the blind? He had a ministry to people who were spiritually blind, who did not know what was going on, who did not understand the Spirit. In other words, the spiritual things that matter to God. He needed to turn them from darkness to light. Now, in the Bible, every place you see it, darkness is basically ignorance. Say ignorance. It's a lack of understanding of spiritual things, basically. That's why he's the ruler of the kingdom of darkness. The only one that Satan can really rule over is someone who's ignorant in an situation or in an area of your life. If you're bound in any area of your life, it's because the light has not gotten into the darkness. You're believing something that's not lined up with God, that's lined up with the devil, and the devil's able to control you basically because he's the father of all lies. Are you following me? So there's darkness and there's light, ignorance and understanding. So Paul was there, what for? To dispel the darkness in people's life and to show them basically that there was something better than what they were living in. So how did he dispel the darkness? The Bible says the entrance of Of thy word bringeth light. light. So, what was he doing? He was preaching the word to people. Let's face it, if nobody had ever preached to you about receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you could have died and went to hell, not because Jesus didn't suffer and die, but because you were ignorant that it was already provided for you and it belonged for you. You could be born again, never be baptized in the Holy Ghost, basically because you're ignorant of the baptism of the Holy Ghost and didn't know anything, but when the light of the word of somebody preaching it available to you came, you received that then, even though it was available to you five years, ten years before that, you were in darkness because you did not understand. So what was he doing? He was basically going to take them from the power or the authority of Satan into the power and authority of God. How many of those are two different places? Hallelujah. And before you were saved, put your finger there. We better go there. Go to Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to come back there, though. This is why the Word of God is so important because it brings light into you. That's why people are born again and they've been born again 30 years, and you look at them and you can't even tell they're born again because they've got no light. They're still living under the kingdom of darkness when they don't have to be because they've been delivered from the authority and the power of darkness but that comes when you find out the ways of light basically and walk in the Word of God and the things of God and that's what starts to change you. Now where were you before? Look at uh, Ephesians chapter 2. Look at verse 1. And you has he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. Say were. Now thank God for that. huh? Look at verse 2. Wherein in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, you walked according to the spirit that now works in the children of who? Disobedience. Among whom all also we all had our lifestyle. In times past we lived in the lusts of the flesh. We fulfilled the desires of the flesh and of the mind and were by nature the children of wrath even as others. This tells you when you were born in the world what you were like. What were you like? You were led by the flesh. You were led by the desires of the flesh and of the mind. Why was that? Because your nature, say my nature. nature. Now notice, it wasn't just a sin problem, it was a nature problem. The reason why you sinned is because your nature was all messed up. That's why Jesus came and provided something called the new birth. What was that for? So your nature could be changed when you got born again from the nature of the devil to the nature of God Himself. Now on the inside of you is love, is peace, is joy, is victory, is a God-like image and likeness that was transferred by a miracle the day that you got born again. So basically your position changed. You're no longer the victim. You've been raised in heavenly places far above all principality, power, might, and dominion, and every name that is named, praise God. That was done instantly when you got born again, basically it was all changed. God took you from the authority of Satan, and he puts you back under his authority, which basically he then gave to you, so you could live in the authority that he gave you. Now he wants you to do what? Go and teach other people how to be disciples, but you can't do that if you're blind. Yes. You've got to be able to see. You can't, you can't preach the things of God if you do not know the things of God. If you don't know, you're a new creation. If you don't know, you've been blessed. If you don't know, you've been healed. If you don't know, you've been anointed. You're not going to operate in that stuff, and you can't tell anybody else. And the worst part is not even not being able to tell anybody else, but you can't live in it. So you go through your whole life wondering, this salvation stuff ain't cracked up to what it's supposed to be. I'm born again, and I'm living just as bad as I did before. Yeah, you're not renewing your mind, letting the light come in to dispel the darkness, to find out who you really are in Christ Jesus, basically. I'll tell you what it is. It's the slave ruling the ruler. Devil's still in charge. He knows he's been defeated. He knows you're born again. He knows you got all authority and everything that Jesus provided for you. But if he can keep you stupid... Come on, if he can keep you in the dark, I'm just a victim, I'm just a sinner saved by grace, I wish the Holy Ghost would come to me sometimes, I've seen the Holy Ghost in other people, I wish God would do this, I wish God would do that. That's not going to take you anywhere. See, you're going to stay in the same spot. So you get in the Word of God and the light of God comes in, say the light of God, and it was, how many know, it dispels darkness. I mean, if you turn out the lights in here right now, you don't have to say, go darkness, get, go, you just turn on the light and darkness Goes. now watch if you throw the switch and light doesn't come you're not going to think that's just the will of God God wants us to have church this morning in the dark No, I got Mark Bender I got anybody who knows anything about electricity I got him running all over the place because I know the switch is supposed to work yeah. so I'm going to deal with the problem and the problem is not the light the problem is probably somewhere in the light switch someplace here or there but I'm not going to go to God and say God would you please heal that light switch See, and that's what we're doing in Christianity. God, help me do this. Teach you, help me to do that. And all you've got to do is flip the switch. Say, flip the switch. If you flip the switch of the light of the word, it dispels that darkness, and then you'll know these things. All right, go to Acts chapter where we were, 16, 26. There's a lot of stuff here this morning. I hope you were ready. Verse 18, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to the power of God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith in Christ Jesus. Now, why is it important? Why is it important that we go from darkness to light? Why is it important that we have the authority of God? Why? What is the purpose in this scripture for it? That they, they may receive. That Say that they may Amen. receive. Look at it the power of Satan under the power of God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and receive an inheritance among them which are separated or sanctified by faith that is in me. So the authority that God gave you is to rule and reign in your own life. But notice, it's also an authority to receive, say not get, get. receive the things of God, Not say not not get. See, most Christians are trying to get things from God. There's no sense trying to get something from God that he already gave you. You need to receive what He already gave you. And here it says forgiveness of sins. How many know forgiveness of sins is provided for? Oh, God, I wish you'd forgive me. I just wish you'd forgive Oh, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. Well, repent, praise God. Confess your sins. He's faithful and just to forgive your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So, what am I going to do? I'm going to use my authority to go ahead and get forgiven, praise God, because it's already been provided for me. Notice what else it says here an inheritance. Say, inheritance. Now, some of you may have earthly folks who've got a bunch of money, own a couple of houses. That's great. You're going to get a big inheritance when they die. But this is talking about a godly inheritance. Yes. And from what I read in the Bible, he got quite a bit of junk. Yes. Yeah. Come on, he got a lot of stuff. So what am I going to have to learn how to do? I'm going to have to learn how to receive, say receive, receive. my inheritance from him. Say not get. not get. Okay, go to John chapter 1. I go to church four Sundays in a row, God's going to get me that. No, it's already there. Maybe you're going to learn what you're not getting and not receiving and get the light in the inside of you and receive it from you, but God's not going to do any more for you. Praise God. He's already did that. John chapter 1, are you there? Look at verse 12. But as many as received him, say received him. Now notice, you didn't get him. You received him. Why? Because you didn't do nothing but receive him. You couldn't earn it. You couldn't do nothing with it. You received him as your Lord and as your Savior. But as many as received him, to them gave he power. That word there is actually, once again, authority, exousia. He gave you authority to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. So here it says he gave you authority for what purpose? To what? To become a son of God. Say to become a son of God. That word authority is the right, the privilege to choose, the ability to receive. So when I got born again, God basically gave me the right and the privilege to choose and also the ability to receive what God has already provided for me. The purpose of authority is to become a son of God. Now, if you were a son of God, you would not need authority to become a son of God. And if you don't use the authority that God has given you to become a son, you're never going to become a son because it takes authority, are you following me, to become a son of God. So not every born-again person is a son of God. Not every born-again person is using the right and the privilege that they have to walk like a son of God or walk in sonship. Many people are living in defeat. How many know that's not sonship? The son of God never lived in defeat. He never lived in sickness. He never lived in depression. He never lived in poverty. So it's showing us how we can become, and not only become a son, really, it's to be a son. Say, be a son. So in other words, when you're born again, there is son of God potential in you that needs to be brought out of you, so you walk then as a son of God rather than as a child of God. Go to Galatians chapter 3. I don't know why God just don't do what he says and give me all the power, praise God. Just give me all the power. Everything I ask him for should come to pass. Well then do you want everything you say to come to pass? No, you just want to say, I got victory in Jesus' name. You don't want it when you're over here grumbling. It just tickles me to death. I'm dying to go. Now, do you want everything coming out of your mouth? Uh, See, God ain't going to give a a bazooka to a child. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Galatians chapter 3. Thank you for your excitement this morning. Look at verse 26. For ye are all the children of God, how? By faith. So we're all children of God, all children of God, but it doesn't say here all have got into sonship, then walking as sons. How did you become a child of God? By faith. faith. Say by faith. faith. Now watch this. How are you going to become a son of God? Faith to faith. See, I got born in the kingdom of God. I'm a child. Now how am I going to grow? I'm going to grow from faith to faith to faith to faith to faith to faith. How am I going to get faith? Jesus said, if you continue in my faith, You will be my disciples. You will know the truth, and the truth will make you. So if I don't continue in the word, word, guess what? I'm going to be 20 years from now. Nobody loves me. I'm in the church, and nobody cares about me. See, you never grew up. You're still a child. You never grew up through the word of God. It's never dispelled the darkness. You're acting just the way it did. It's the day that you got born again, basically. But if you will continue, say continue, in my word, you will be my disciples indeed. We're going to discipleship. We're going to sonship. You will know the truth, and the truth will do what? All right, 1st Peter chapter 2. All right, 1st Peter chapter 2, look at verse 2. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that you may do what? Grow thereby. How am I going to grow? I'm going to grow through the Word of God. But notice, when you got born again, there should have been on the inside of you a desire for the Word of God. There there should have been one there. If not, I've got a question sometimes. Because I've known a lot of natural babies, and most of them want milk. And if they don't get milk, they act different. Come on. Sometimes in your own life, you'll be going, my, I don't know what's the matter with me. I just irritated all the time. I'm cranky all the time. You need some milk. Yes. You haven't read the word in a week. You haven't prayed in a week, and you're getting all flustered in the natural realm. What's the problem? You haven't been in the word of God. But notice here, should desire milk, say milk, milk. Why will the word do it? It will reveal your rights and your position and your authority to your inheritance that basically belongs to you. You will grow from a child to a son through the... Word of God. That means number of years in the church don't necessarily mean sonship. Amen. But they've been in the church forty years. They're one of our most grown up members. No, they're probably one of your problems. <laughs> See? You can grow up, I mean you can get a new newborn person whose desires a milk, and I'll tell you what, you ain't careful, they'll run right by you. They're so excited about the Word of God. when they get, i tell you, when I got born again, I'm one of the Word of God so bad. I mean, I, we were traveling all over the country. There was, was a revival in Tennessee. Get in the car, kids. Here we go. Bless God. There's one in Pensacola. Off we go. Praise God for the weekend. We're going to go. And I went to every revival. And I sat under the Word. And I studied the Word. And I listened to tapes while I was going on my way over there. And I was, Word, 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 Word. And revival, Revival. Oh, knock me down. Pick me up. Knock me down. Pick me up. Make me laugh. Oh, make me laugh. I was doing everything in revival, praise God. Do you understand? I'd be in touch everywhere along the way. But in a way, that was great. But in another way, it hurt me for the fact that Monday came. Uh-oh. Thursday, woo! Friday, <laughs> Saturday, <laughs> Sunday, kept back to church. Monday, work. <laughs> what happened to my, I had my goosebumps? They disappeared. See, I didn't know revival was a lifestyle. I thought revival was a three-day revival weekend, and then after that, see, people crying out for revival, you know, even if this thing we had here, let it rain, we want revival, we want revival, look in here, and you're gonna find it right in there if you wanna walk in it, it comes out of here, it doesn't come out of there anymore, see? It's a place where we live. So I had to determine someday, because it was so much fun in these revivals all the time, but then I had to be a complete idiot the next four days till we got back in revival for three days, and if you saw me here or here, you'd wonder, is that the same guy? Y'all look at me. And, come on, come on. You want me to get you a mirror? You can just turn around, and look at yourself there a little bit. Praise God and see what you're seeing there. Come on, come on. Yes, Amen. When you're around another Christian, Amen. Praise the Lord. But when nobody's around, then what is it? Yeah, a stupid woman, dog. See, it's a lifestyle. Say, it's a lifestyle. And as you grow, you'll learn. So I had to learn that not only did I, it help me, pump me up, got me going, but I had to learn to sustain that. It's the same way if you want to get in ministry. When you get behind this pulpit here and you believe in the anointing of God, it comes on you to teach or preach. You know, At first you wonder whether it's going to, then you hope it's coming on you, and then you know it's going to come on you so it doesn't really make any difference. But when you do, it's a different high than just walking. See, if I could stay back here and preach 24 hours a day, I'd be the most lovable person you've ever seen in your whole entire life. <laughs> But how many know I gotta go out and I've gotta pay the bills? I gotta go out and I gotta face other people. I gotta go out and run into the lady who can't work the Coke machine after four days. I gotta run into all these people out there and do all this stuff, praise God. How many know that's part of your life out there? So it's not just a weekend revival we're looking for or a touch of God here. Those are great, and those are wonderful. And if you're walking in the anointing, it won't take you long to get back in it when you get in something like that, that's for sure. You're half drunk when you already get there, praise God. So so praise God, what do we, do? we want to do? We wanna learn to walk in this, but we're gonna grow. How are we gonna desire the sincere milk of the word? Say I desire. The milk of the word. word. Okay, good. Ephesians chapter 4. And one of the problems, I believe, that we have here, too, is I've been in this for quite a while, and not only do I serve milk, sometimes I throw meat at you. In other words, every now and then, the Holy Ghost takes me to direction. I throw you a big, thick, t bone steak, praise God, and some of you eat it up, and some of you, <laughs> I ain't got no teeth yet. <laughs> it's all right. It's progressive. The seed is plant. The seed will grow. Go to bed. Get up. Hear the word. Go to bed. You don't have to understand everything that I say every time I preach. The Holy Ghost will minister to you and grow you up a little bit at a time. So we throw some meat. We throw some steak. We throw some chops. Whatever we got, praise God, we throw at you. We don't throw any Mexican because I don't like that. (laughs) Can't serve it if I don't like it, praise God. So that's out. I have to talk to my wife about that. She's a... All right, Ephesians chapter 4. Look at verse 14. Now we're going to find something out here. That we would henceforth be no more what? Children. Children. Well, why are we children? Because we are tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie and wait to deceive." So we know something. Who is a child? A child is one who is tossed to and fro. A child is someone who is unstable in the spiritual things of God. A child basically is not using their authority and their right to choose the Word over their natural circumstances. In other words, whatever comes, comes. And I'm going to throw this in there. Let me read it first. Look at verse 11. And he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers for the perfecting of the saints. I believe that you have to be under one of these ministries, and maybe several, if you're going to grow up. You can go to your little house. You can share the word. You can do whatever. But you need to be under an anointed man of God who knows what their call is and knows what their place is, or you ain't going to grow up anyway. I read the Bible all day, every day, and this is what it says to me. What it says to you is probably not even right to begin with. Got to have somebody that can break that thing down, know how to feed you, know how to deal with it. So that was extra. I'm not going to charge you for that. Don't worry about it. Praise God. Okay, back to verse 14 that we henceforth be no more children tossed. Say, tossed. tossed. So what is a child? A child is someone who's healed by the stripes of Jesus until the symptom comes. A child is one who's on fire for God until the goosebump leaves. Happy until something goes wrong. Loves their spouse as long as their spouse is very nice to them. They get up tired in the morning, and they live tired all day long. Why? A child doesn't understand that he has the right to choose his inheritance, a right to choose peace. You can choose joy. You can choose to be on top. You can choose victory. You can choose every day to praise the Lord at all times. Do you know that? You can choose to rejoice in the Lord always. You can choose to forgive and forget. You can choose to love unconditionally your brothers and your sisters, and you've been given the power or the authority to do that, basically. The main purpose for god given authority is not for you to heal the sick basically not for you to cast out devils not even for you to speak to mountains it's to become a son of god which makes you capable to cast out devils heal the sick and speak to mountains are you following me it's a growth thing basically as you grow up your authority from god is to become a healer and a devil ejector and a mountain mover when you become a son of god When you grow up, how did I become a son of God? Basically, I got born of the kingdom of God by faith. Now I'm listening to the word, faith comes by hearing and by hearing the word of God. So I'm going from one level of faith to another level of faith, to another level of faith, to another level of faith, and every step that you take, bless God, is another step in another area from having the anointing, from living in healing, from walking in victory, from having finances, all these things. That's why the Bible is so good that you have to read it and let the Holy Ghost stick into each digestive area you need the word of God to get. See, he'll pull it out. He'll stick it in there. He'll pull it out and stick it in there, and then you'll start to live that. Say, live that. Live as a son. See, I want to live as a son. Now, we we had recently. Mm-hmm. We had recently a a vacant lot behind us, and basically at that time, they decided to come in and they build a house for somebody. It's called Habitat for Humanity. Have you ever heard of it? Good Christmas organization. They build a house for somebody cheap who can't really afford a house, and they put them in the house, and they do this. And it's a Christian organization, and there was one day I was out there. I was just about to mow lawn, and when I went out, they're on this corner, and for some reason, their van keeps coming in right through our yard and right up the other thing, and it makes little ruts. And I got a push mower, and my push mower goes, "Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm." Mm-hmm. So I thought, well, I'll just leave it go. You know, it's no big problem. So the next day, I'm out by the pool, and I'm working. And all at once this trailer comes through with a bunch of sod on the back of it, and it comes right through my yard again, and you can just see it sinking down. And I just looked up over the fence. Becky saw it to him. He said, hey, don't go through our yard. You've already got ruts there. You've got a whole corner lot there. Okay. And he's cussing out his wife, and he's screaming at everything else. And he's, I ain't making any ruts in your yard. I ain't making any ruts. I said, would you just please, you know. Not I am not want to argue get out of my yard you know you're putting ruts in the yard. so he left so he goes and I just said I, I mean I can't believe they would do that you know and even argue with me when they're being stupid I mean give me a break so basically about two weeks later they had the grand opening for this house where everybody comes they invited us because we're the next door neighbors so we said we wanted to go meet our new neighbors and all this so we went and they wanted to start the thing with the opening prayer and guess who gave the opening prayer <laughs> the same guy cussed me out cussed his wife out drove from my yard and here's our here's our faithful wonderful christian brother joel father we just thank you i'm thinking dear god if you saw him two weeks ago dear lord see i don't want to live like that i don't want people to live like that that's not a place to live and i'm not putting him down i'm just saying i'm giving you as an illustration of what can happen in your life but yet he's the head of the christian thing christian's not always good kingdom's good because there are a lot of Christians out there doing things that they shouldn't be doing like that. So, so what was the difference? I mean, I don't know. One day he looked like he was ready to become the head pastor of the entire area. And the other day he looked like he was so close to hell he was going to fall in, praise God. So I, I don't know, see. But but it shouldn't be that way. See, and that's the way Christians are. We're up, we're down, we're up, we're down. We're happy, we're sad. We're Stable out a little bit, will you? Don't get so high don't get so low. Just get right in the middle there and cruise along, praise God. And keep on going, praise God. Hallelujah, Jesus, yeah, praise God. Level off, praise God. Live your whole life at a level, hallelujah. All right, go to 1 John chapter 3. Okay, First John chapter 3, look at verse 8. He that commits sin is of the devil, for the devil sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Notice what it says. What does the Son of God do here? Destroy. Destroys the works of the devil of the devil. A child of God don't destroy the works of the devil. He may try, but he doesn't. A son of God destroys the works of the devil. A son of God manifested. Say manifested. Now, where are you going to manifest from? You're going to manifest from the inside out. See, just like somebody's demon-possessed. They manifest, and it's from the inside out. The devil's not over here, and they're manifesting. So basically, on the inside of you, when you were born again, the Son of God person was already put on the inside of you. The nature's there, the peace is there, the joy is there, the patience is there, the long-suffering's there, the joyfulness is there, the thanksgiving there. It's all on the inside of you. And what you're trying to do is bring that out by agreement with it. Say agreement with it. Now, how many know that's gonna, you're going to have to say some things that you may not believe? You may say, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. Your mind's telling you, you're the biggest sinner in the entire world, praise God. But I'm going to agree with the Word of God. Why? Because as a man thinks in his heart, So is he. That's what he becomes. So there's going to have to be a change in the way that you're thinking, but a son of God destroys the works of the devil. Go to 1 Corinthians 13. All right, 1 Corinthians 13, look at verse 11. when I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, and I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. All right, here it shows you what a child does. A child speaks as a child, he understands as a child, and he thinks as a child. How am I going to get rid of that? I'm going to put away childish thinking, childish understanding, childish talking, basically ignorance of things in the Word of God, a simple change of our thinking. Here's here's a child of God. I wish I had faith. Lord, give me faith, give me faith. I see what you can do with faith. I read Hebrews and man, please give me faith, give me faith, give me faith, give me faith. And God will say, I've already given you the measure of faith in your life to do with it, whatever you want to do with it. But I've never seen it work, Lord. Nothing's ever answered. Nothing ever happened. That's because you're waiting to see it work before you believe that you have faith. Just believe you have faith and put it to work and it will worketh. Are you listening to me? What does the son do? son says, I've got faith. Praise God. I've got the faith of God. Praise God on the inside. Of me. Why? The word of God says so. So number one, I want to be careful what comes out of my mouth. Because it said, whatever I say out my mouth, I'm going to get. So if I believe i got faith, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be very careful what I say. I'm going to be very careful what I do. I'm not going to have to see it happen. Same way with the anointing of God. People get in the ministry. Oh, Lord. They'll get behind the pulpit. Anoint me. Oh, 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 anoint me, anoint me, anoint me, anoint me, anoint me for this. And the Bible already says he has already given you an anointing. So what am I going to do? I'm just going to believe I'm anointed. When I first started out, I just went over that scripture and went over that scripture and went over that scripture and got behind a pulpit and went over that scripture and said, bless God, I'm anointed. And so I said, praise God, I'm going to step out and I'm going to walk in the anointing today. And I started preaching and the more I did it, the better at it I became, and the better at it I became, the more I could hear from the Holy Ghost while I was teaching. I knew which direction to go. I knew what to do, but that wasn't the first time. This was as I acted in the anointing and grew in the anointing, but I had to be a son in order to believe I had the anointing. Now, you follow me? The only difference was they don't believe they have the anointing, and I believe I have the anointing. That's the only difference. There's nothing else different on the inside of it. People get a hold of me all the time and, and I'll preach some different places and they'll hear me talk or minister and they'll come up and say, Some some young guy always, I want to be like you. I want to be like you. I want to be like you. I said, do you really want to be like me? They'll say, yeah. I say, believe like me. If you believe like me, you'll be like me. Because you have the same potential on the inside of you. The only problem, you're not believing it. See, it's not, well, I'll tell you, here's the best. Well, you just fast for 14 days. You pray in the Holy Ghost for nine years. You let God get a hold of you in the bedroom and shake you up. And then you're going to be like me. No, believe like me. Believe you're anointed, start walking in the anointing, and the anointing will work for you. Believe you have faith, start walking in faith, it'll work for you. Believe you have joy, but I don't feel like it. Okay, child, <laughs> you're being a child. I don't feel good at all today, but I'm healed. Welcome to Sonship. I'm healed from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Why, I'm a son of the living God and I believe his word and I'm putting that effect in my life right now, praise God, and it's gonna work in every single area of my life. I don't have to wish for things anymore. I don't have to wish for the anointing anymore. I know I've got it. I don't have to believe for faith anymore. I know I've got it. I don't have to believe for joy or peace. I've already got it. But how many know when the time comes that that's challenged, I got a choice. What have I got? Authority. I can choose to walk in peace, just like I could choose this whole trip to either walk in a patient man or walk in, I'm going to punch this person out, man. Yeah. How many yeah. know that was my choice? Yeah. It wasn't anybody else's choice, but God wasn't going to come down and make the choice for me. We got a free will and I had to make the choice. And then after I did the patience, if it wasn't coming real quick, how many know I had to go into long suffering? Yeah. And then I, if I was in long suffering for this long, you better get into the joy or you're going to start backtracking into quick patience. Are you listening? It's a progressive thing. So I'm the most patient. Boy, I'm long-suffering too. And I'm in joy. Thank God for this. Thank God for what am I doing? I'm a son. Not being a child anymore. Well, if they figure out that stupid Coke machine, I could walk as a son too. you. <laughs> I mean, you know, that ain't going to work, is it? It's up to us, isn't it? And you can't have God come down and destroy that person so they get out of your way or anything like that. That's a child prayer too. So what do we want to do? We want to walk in this stuff, and we can do it. Say, we can do it. Say, I can actually do this. All right, go to Romans chapter 8. Show you something very simple here. Romans chapter 8, are you there? Look at verse 14, familiar scripture. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are what? So is the son of God led by the spirit of God? Is he led by the spirit of God? So what does a child do? A child would love to be led by God. If I could just see the billboard, if I could see a light in the sky, if I could see a cloud that looks like an angel that would change my whole day. No, just believe that you're led and you'll be led. I'm a son of God. So what? You're led by the spirit of God. Never been led. Don't matter. Who I'm going to be because I'm led by the spirit of God. I'm green with the word of God. Are you following me? I've been led. Say, I've been led, but, but the child out there wants to see this. Somebody called me one time and they're not in here. Thank God. But they called me and said, pastor, what do you think? Yesterday I was at work and the clock that we got in our living room fell off the wall and I picked it up and it said three o'clock right on the button fell off the wall. Three o'clock. What do you think that means? I said, I think it means a knew the new clock. Well, Pastor, should I brush my teeth? If they're dirty, brush them. Should I take that job? Do you have one? Then take it. See? Then, then we get off. As many leads you in everything. Should I wear the same colored shoes today or different colors? Should, should I wear their shirt or that shirt? Should I breathe? Yes, should breathe. I mean, you can get this stuff carried away. When you're led by the Spirit of God, it's just a natural thing. You understand? The Spirit of God's on the inside of you. He's speaking to you. You're moving. You're saying different things. You're doing different things. You're not consulting Him. in every little thing you've got, and not every little thing means something. Oh, they pulled out in front of me. That means that God wanted me to stop there for a little bit. I mean, you come up with all this kind of stuff, and you see it. I mean, if, if you've never seen it before, just log into Facebook. I right, look at one more scripture while we're there at that. Romans 8. Look at verse 19. For the earnest expectation of the creature waits for the manifestation of the sons of God. Notice the whole world, every tree, every bush, every rock is waiting for one thing. What's it waiting for? It's not waiting for the manifestations of the Son of God. It's waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God who will then do manifestations because they are a son. Are you following me? Yes. We want to see signs, wonders, and miracles. Then step into sonship and you will see it. You will act on it. It will work for you. Praise God. All right, go to Philippians chapter 2. A little past noon, but you wouldn't let me preach last week, so I've got to get it in this week. <laughs> Philippians chapter 2, are you there? Look at verse 12. Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as much in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out, work out, work out, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God which works in, works in, works in, both to will and to do his good pleasure. Do you see that? Work out, say work out. So everything that I ever need when I got born again is already on the inside of me. I'm not working anything in. I'm working everything out that's already on the inside of me. How am I going to work it out of the inside of me? Faith. Faith in what's in me brings it out of me. Are you following me? Faith in the anointing that's in me will bring the anointing out of me. If i got to look out here in the natural for the anointing to work, I'm trying to work in my salvation, not work out my salvation. And where's God working? Where does it say? Say God's working. Yeah. Oh, he, he hit me with a train. He's working on me just to teach me how to suffer and how to do things. Oh, he stole my husband from me. That's what he did. He did that just to teach me and to get me. He doesn't work out. He worked here. He wants to work in you to bring out of you what's already on the inside of you. The peace and joy and the power and the healing are already on the inside of you. But it's only going to work when you agree with what's on the inside of you. Now watch. He'll talk about a son here. Look at verse 14. Do all things without and disputing. Say son. Son. Say child. Child. Now do you think that's a son or a child? It's a child, isn't it? Look, what do they do? They murmur, they complain, they dispute, they argue. Why is that? Because they're going to believe their act is cleaned up when they clean their act up. They're not going to claim to be righteous and allow that power of righteousness in them to clean them up. So what do I want to do? I just want to believe what's on the inside of me. The more you believe in the righteousness that God imparted to you through the blood, the less sin you'll walk in. The more you magnify sin. That's why preachers who constantly preach sin, they're gonna get it. They're gonna have it. In their whole congregation, they're gonna be their whole day's consoling. They get the four o'clock, the five o'clock, the six o'clock, the seven o'clock. Why is that? Because they're preaching sin, and what people hear, faith comes by hearing. So notice verse fourteen a child murmurs, disputes, complain. Look at verse 15. That you may be blameless and harmless who? Yes. Say the sons of God. Now, you ask a child, are you blameless and harmless? I should say not. Of course, I'm not blameless and harmless. Well, I'm going to take that. If he says I'm blameless and harmless, then I'm going to be blameless and harmless. Why? Because I'm a son of God. Well, when I die and go to heaven, that's going to happen. No, look what it says. Without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. That means when they're going broke, you're going to be prospering. When they're fearful and worried, you're going to be full of joy. When they're sick, you're going to be healed. When they're grumbling, you're going to be praising God. What are you going to be doing the whole time? Verse 16, holding forth the word of life. Why? Because it's on the inside of you. The word has already been on the inside of you. If I get persecuted because I'm acting like a son, I'm going to rejoice. If people get mad at me for casting out devils, healing the sick, I'm going to rejoice. If people don't like me because I'm correcting their unbelief, that's okay. I'm still going to rejoice. A son, you can choose not to worry. You can choose not to fear. You can choose not to be moody. Oh, that's just the way I am. No, it's the way you choose to be. It's the way you choose to believe. I'm disappointed. I'm depressed. I'm wore out. Well, the Bible says God is the strength of my life. You got to let the old childish claims go. I'm an angry man. I'm stubborn. I'm hurt. I've always been insecure. I'm lazy. I'm sickly. I've always been rejected. They'll come to me and say, Pastor, you don't know what they did to me. And I always say, you don't know what he did for you. Because if you knew that, you wouldn't be there. Think like a son, act like a son, become a son. Praise God. Say in the name of Jesus, Jesus, I am a King, I am a Lord, 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 and I pronounce pronounce over my life these blessings. I declare declare that I am blessed and not cursed. I declare that I am free and not bound. I declare that I am healed, not sick, joyful and not afflicted, an overcomer, not defeated strong Strong and not weak. weak. I don't have a mind in confusion. confusion. I have the mind mind of Christ. Christ. I choose choose to dig up, to root out, to to claim impotent impotent, every word curse, every every negative declaration, every every false doctrine, every every religious word that may have been spoken over me by someone else or myself. I declare them powerless in Jesus' name. I declare that I'm being changed into the same image of Jesus Christ from glory to glory. I break off my mind everything that has hindered me or limited me. I declare that self-image will rise in me in the likeness of Jesus, and I will begin to manifest as a son of God. I declare that my life is changed starting this moment. I am a warrior. I am victorious. I am more than a conqueror. I am a new creation. I am a son of the living God. All right. Praise God. That's it. listening. For more from Treasure Coast Victory Center, visit us at mytcbc.com.